Hey everyone, this is Jamie Bateman. Real quickly, I wanted to share with you something uh, that's been pivotal in the growth and success of my businesses, and that is my partnership with Haven Financial Services. Um, I've been working with Haven for over a year now. Christine Valdez was on episode 70 of this podcast. So go check that out if you want to hear her story. It was a fantastic personal story for sure. But Haven has been awesome. They provide me with monthly reports that are super clear and discernible. And it, that provides me with clarity and focus so that I can do what I do best, which is running my businesses, not preparing financial reports. Um, again, if you're in the market for a top-notch financial service company, uh, or if you just want to check one out, go to www.jamiebateman slash Haven and check out Haven Financial Services. Again, that's jamiebateman slash Haven. I uh, can't recommend them enough. Christine and her team have been fantastic. So I definitely recommend you check out Haven Financial Services at www.jamiebateman forward slash Haven. Let's get back to the show. This episode is sponsored by the Integrity Income Fund, which is managed by yours truly and my team at Labrador Lending. The Integrity Income Fund is for accredited investors. It aims to pay an 8% preferred return and an 8.5% preferred return for early investors. It aims to pay out monthly distributions. There's a $25,000 minimum and only a one-year lockup. If you are an accredited investor and you're looking to get away from Wall Street, looking to beat inflation, and looking for an asset class that is backed by hard physical real estate, then look no further than the Integrity Income Fund. Check it out at labradorlending.com. On this episode, I sat down with Maricela Soberanis. Um, I took French for seven years. Uh, never took Spanish. So it's about the best I can do. But this was a really, really fun episode. And uh, I mean, talk about... um, So she's an author of multiple books. And one of the books is um, fits perfectly with uh, our podcast. And and it, it just, that's actually how I found her. And we go into that a little bit in the beginning of the episode. But um. Maricela is from Mexico. She was born there into poverty and um, came to the U.S. at the age of 23 with $100 in her pocket and no English-speaking capabilities and no friends, no network. So I make the joke that I you know, had trouble switching middle schools in sixth grade and compared to what she did, you know, y- you get the point. So now she is a millionaire and is crushing it in real estate. They have, she and her husband have invested in passively and, and actively, they have about 2,500 rental doors. Um, so they've moved into multifamily self-storage and, um, even mobile home parks. And I mean, really their, their massive growth has occurred in the last two years when, you know, most of the world was shut down due to the pandemic. So, in the face of scarcity and adversity, she is absolutely living in abundance. And she talks about, you know, several reasons why and her approach to things uh, about being intentional, taking action, being grateful, and expanding your network and joining mastermind groups. And just, uh, it's very, it, it's very inspirational, this episode. 
and I know you're going to love it. Thanks. Inspiring stories of real people overcoming incredible odds to live life to the fullest. We are all guaranteed to face hardships. How will we handle the adversity? Join us to be moved by everyday people who have turned poverty into prosperity and weakness into wealth. Be inspired as these relatable heroes get vulnerable and former counterintelligence investigator Jamie Bateman puts his interviewing skills to the test. Restore your faith in humanity as you experience true Cinderella stories of average people turning surreal struggle and deep despair into booming businesses and financial fortune. Take ownership of the life you are destined to live and turn your adversity into abundance. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the From Adversity to Abundance podcast. I am your host, Jamie Bateman. And I'm very excited today. We have a special guest, Maricela Sobranes. That's my best attempt, at least at the my best first attempt. Uh, Maricela, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. And you did just right. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. And your company name, just so we get it out there, you want to say your, your company name for us? It's Oplex. We're, that's the that's brand. Perfect. So... I didn't, uh, before we get into kind of your current context of who you are today, um, I didn't tell you this before we hit record, but I actually came across your name from, I just was, I think I was in, I was Googling authors um, and, and uh, with something related to my, my podcast name. So I think I Googled adversity to abundance at books and the name of your book came up from scarcity to abundance. And so then I started, you know, digging a little bit deeper and I was like, this, she would make a fantastic guest. Um, and then also another thing is I know you were in the military. I was as well. And so uh, I said, I definitely need to get her on the show. Um, so didn't tell you that before we hit record, but that's, that's how I found you and tracked you down. And I appreciate you, uh, spending your time with us. Cause I know it is valuable. Um, if you could tell our listeners, what you're up to today and give us a little context of uh, your real estate business and everything else you have going on right now. Yes. Th- th- thank you for sharing that. Um, that's <laughs> incredible. You know, there's little things that just kind of sometimes that they, they, they happen in life and you don't even realize that. So thanks for sharing how you yep. link with us and with me. But um, so currently what we do is uh, my husband and I, we um, are into apartment syndications. So we purchase uh, large apartment complexes and we find partners and find investors. And all together, uh, the goal is to you know do, make the projections, reach projections and then sell the apartment. Uh, in the meantime, we also better communities and impact uh, larger that uh, that what we were doing before, which was small um, um, multifamily houses, duplexes. Mm-hmm. So okay. we also do uh, mobile home parks and self storages. So that the diversification on on that aspect, but majority of focus is uh, apartment syndications. Okay, so could you put uh, a little bit more context to it as far as some numbers, or you know, you, you don't have to get too detailed if you don't want to, but as far as you know, how many deals have you done or what does your, your business look like today? Yes, of course. So we have uh, passively, but I still invest in passively and every deal we invest 
uh, and that we offer to our investors, we invest passively with them. But we are now transitioned to um, active. So there's a role that we play as a as an active member. So passively, we are invested in 1,250 12, apartments and five different states. And actively, we have about 1,200 um, apartments. And that's a total of four, four deals where we have um, we are primary primary partners, and that's also that's in three states. So a total of twenty five hundred um, mm-hmm. apartments across wow. five five different states. So the the three states are part of the five states. <laughs> yes, yes, all got together. it. That's that's a lot. Wow, you you guys, uh, yeah, you you're definitely busy. <laughs> um, so and and how long have you been doing that for? So uh, we started with uh, single families in 2006, and we transitioned to apartments um, 19 months ago. Got it. Okay. And then you've more recently diversified a little bit into self-storage and mobile home parks, right? You said? Yes, we, are, we added those as far as the, we call it the generational, generational wealth uh, type of assets that okay. we are not, uh, it's, it's usually a partnership. And we are holding those those assets for generations to come. <laughs> yeah. So quick, before we dive into your backstory, so on the active side, you're more of the GP. Is that how it? Yes. Okay. And then you bring on limited partners and you're the general partner playing the active role of putting the deals together, managing the assets, adding value, adding, you know, to the uh, NOI, which adds to the investment value, the actual value of the asset, and then you can exit for a profit, hopefully, um, for you and your your uh, limited partners. Is that is that fair to say? That is that is fair. I didn't know how deep that I, I could go. And yeah, I no, that's I, okay. Um, yes. And and you know, some of our listeners are can talk circles around around me as far as a multifamily. It's not my wheelhouse, but I, you know, that is I, I'm generally aware of how that works. Um, you're not running, you know, I'm in, I'm more in the single family space where the, the value of the asset is really based more on the comps and, uh, what the neighbors sold their house for. Um, it's more difficult for me to add value to that asset than it is. Well, it d- at least directly influence the, the, the value of the asset itself than it is in the larger commercial or multifamily, um, space. Um, yeah. That's a that's a really good point because when when uh, when we look at the apartments, it's actually we buy businesses. We buy the business. We better the like you said the NOI, which is the the uh, all expenses, uh, all the income minus all the expenses, and that's mm-hmm. your product. So um, we we acquire them. We're looking uh, to develop a business plan so that we can improve the NOI, which is the va- is going to then decide uh, or impact the value. So mm-hmm. we do. Things like we go in there and we change uh, the 200, 200 toilets and and and, and showers and, mm-hmm. and you know some people might ask what, why do you do that right because with every flush we're going to save water you know and it also it gives us the opportunity to go in every single apartment not only to change the toilet because when you are there the the residents will say hey by the way this is also bothering me so and they see the impact right away what we can do and all of that is planned and all of that also results in um, happy residents that stay longer mm-hmm. less mm-hmm. turnover 
and and it it was all because we wanted to also decrease the water usage and sure. and it uh, the the life you know the way they live there they're more comfortable they feel like you did pay attention you know the new owner changed this or did this mm-hmm. for us so along the way we impact communities so yeah. when you that to single families which we were we had yeah. at port 35 doors we could only you know help 35 families it's so, a more limited impact right correct yeah yeah, no, that's great. And so, I mean, it's unfortunately in in the media today, and um, we we get such a you know the divide between landlords and tenants is is so. I'm not saying it doesn't exist anywhere, but it's refreshing to hear from someone who actually wants to make a positive impact and make some money along the way and, and help you know, um, you know, leave a positive influence, uh, you know in, in your wake, um, and, uh, also make money for your investors. And I mean, that's, that should be the goal in my opinion is why can't every, why can't it be a win, win, win? Um, so that's, that's really good. I'm glad to hear it. And you're in, I don't think we mentioned, but you're in the Austin, Texas area. Is that right? Yeah, we're based in Austin and yeah, we invest in Austin, Houston and Dallas and then outside of the, the text of Texas. Is it mostly what? What other states are you in? If you don't mind. No, 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 no. Um, so in mostly the states. The way we picked is that they are um, business, uh, small business friendly, and mm-hmm. and um, that's that's mainly mainly the taxes are not too crazy. The regulations are not not too out of you know. <laughs> yeah. California, New York, <laughs> and right. Seattle. So you're more in the the south and. Yeah, we Florida, do. Georgia. <laughs> I'm just guessing. Yeah, yeah, right. Got it. Um, okay. All right. Now that's that makes a lot of sense. And and yeah, you definitely have been in the real estate investment game for quite some time. Um, and so, and I think moving diversifying at this point makes a good bit of sense as well. Um, so that's really good. So more to the the human side of things. Um, from scarcity to abundance, and I and I see you do have another book as well, real estate investing made simple. Um, but from scarcity to abundance, that's your new book, um, or the the more recent book. Can you tell us kind of what led to that, and and uh, you can pick it up where you'd like to from from your own, whether it's childhood or wherever you'd like to. But we, you know, the we want to walk through kind of your backstory and and discuss some of the adversity, the personal adversity or business related challenges that you've been through. And, um, you know, that's ho- hopefully you can be an inspiration for the, for the listeners. Um, so yeah, tell us more about the book and, and, um, and your background. Yeah. Um, so the book actually is my bright background. Um, okay. um I, it is actually this, the uh, stories that my, I grew up in Mexico. I, I was born and raised there and, uh, at, age five my mom uh, moved us as a family to the to the city from from a um you know it was a small little town very little town and my grandma stayed there my you know the rest of the family stayed there and so um along the years um the, every summer my mom will bring us back to visit grandma but uh, you know my we grew up re- very very poor like we I mean, coming or traveling as a family back to my grandma, it was a sacrifice that we all have to make and be conscious about 
um, you know, saving and, you know, just optimizing our resources to, to be able to afford to go back. And it wasn't a, a luxury trip by any means. Um, but that was the way that we grew up. Um, but, you know, I wrote the book to share that those memories with um, the generations that will be here. And my, my grandma passed, my mom passed, and, you know, it's coming for me, right? That's what's <laughs> coming for me. So I wanted to uh, write her legacy and share those stories. But I also wanted to make it, um, it the, the lessons that I learned um, are lessons that I continue to apply and I have during my entire life to, to get to where I am. Um, visualization, affirmations, uh, abundance, thinking, mm-hmm. thinking larger. Um, and, but so that's, that's the, uh, the, yeah. the, why I wrote yes. this book. So now let's, uh, in, and, and I end up saying this on a lot of episodes, the point is not to bring back terrible memories or to, you know, make anyone, cry, although that actually did just happen um, last week on an episode, but, uh, you know, and and, uh, certainly not therapy or (laughs) anything like that. But if you could, could you dive into a little more specifics as far as the adversity you've you've faced and poverty right there is is a big one, obviously. Um, So, but uh, either be more specific about the poverty or or were there other types of uh, challenges that you faced growing up? Um, yeah, um, mostly the the not having enough to just to sustain as a family. Um, you know, my mom, it was about eight of us, and um, and she she actually went um, and the, the small little town. She was the midwife uh, for the community, mm-hmm. and when she when we moved to the, the city, there's hospital, so she immediately lost uh, mm-hmm. not only friends, her community, but also the ability to make money or, or transactions that will help her, you know, take care of the family. And uh, she actually didn't know how to read or write because that was just in that area. So you can only imagine how difficult it was for her to overcome. Um, and then, uh, but she always makes sure that she provided the, in the house, there was the love that there was the family, the community. And, and that was, uh, that that's why she made the, the the effort to bring us back to where we could see that where mm-hmm. they doesn't have or not that she can see that it was a community that helped each other. Um, so I mean, I I can I can tell you other than um, you know what I saw outside um, outside of the house, um, people had other things, and that's how I knew that. Oh, okay, we just don't have that, but it doesn't. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't like a misery. It wasn't. It wasn't. Like a comparison of like, you know, I, I really, I, I mean, it, when I wrote the book, I was, I was trying to write in a way that it didn't sound like you said, a sub story. Cause right, you know, I, right. I can talk about, um, you know, sadness, but in reality, it, it really was, um, abundance. Now I can tell you when I moved to the States at age 23, um, and, and I arrived here, I didn't speak the language. I didn't speak any mm. English. I, I, I didn't know anyone. And I had one hundred dollars <laughs> pocket. That but but next I mean, day, that's, that's a lot of challenges right there. That's that's a lot. I didn't have my community anymore. I didn't have my mm-hmm. mom. I, I had you know. I just had like it, it, I think that is even a a bigger obstacle. You know, mm-hmm. but but I was I, just the fact that I woke up the next day and I was in America. I'm like my <laughs> eyes were 
I'm like, I can't believe I'm here. So, I mean, I was talking the other day about how I switched uh, schools in the middle of sixth grade <laughs> and how that was challenging. So, um, you know, compared to what you went through at 23, uh, I, I don't think switching middle schools is all that challenging. But, but um, so what led up to the, the, you know, to before you were 23 or how, what, what led up, what was the context um, to you coming to America? Um, I actually, so my first degree was a, a business business degree in Mexico, and I was practicing. And um, the company that we that we did a lot of business with was from the states. So every time I, I get to answer the the, the phone, I, it was in English. <laughs> so I was doing my job well, but in Spanish. And mm. then every time I have a call from the states, I'm like, just a moment. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> so, very frustrated, and I like I wanted, and I there was a couple a couple of people. One was the owner, and another um, um, executive that was fluent at English, and that's where the calls went to. And I'm like, mm. well, I would like to help them. I would like to see, but yeah, I can't you, even. You felt so, like you weren't doing your job as well as you could have, um, and so that was really the impetus to. Oh, to yeah. So it was all about learning the language. Yes, that's that's okay. what I'm, I want to I want to go and see what it feels like just to be in a place where you can't understand and and learn. So mm-hmm. I, I put myself to school and my my first classes were the um, English as a second language, and then mm-hmm. going. <laughs> okay, so you said you put yourself through school. Well, how did what did that look like? How 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 did you did you, were you working at the same time? I guess. Yes, um, yes, I, I have to be, um, you know, um, be able to provide because again, I, I have to pay for school, pay for all my expenses. And um, so, yeah, I was working uh, while I was going to school. I actually um, went to nursing school and I kept going. I um, um, I went to anesthesia school. I graduated after that. I, I entered the military. That's, I think that was another phase that was a little challenging. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so what led you to the military? What, how did that transition go? Um, so it was, so I have, um, I have finished my doctorate then I have, uh, I, I just feel like I have so much, I have that, that, that America has given me so many opportunities at that point. I was, um, invest, I had a couple of investments. I, I just felt like I was living the dream. Like there's hmm. no other man. Hmm. I was like that. I, that I, I just, it was a, a time for me to give back and mm-hmm. join the military. Um, they, I was in school and they, um, a rec- rec- uh, recruiting person, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they came and they said, well, we, we really need anesthesia providers in the military. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, I'll go. I, I, just, <laughs> I was just like, okay. Okay. So that, I mean, I, on some yeah. level, I can relate to that. I actually was, I ended up joining later than most people do. Um yeah, I, I was uh, 27, 28 going through basic training and then in the army. And then I went through a uh, federal officer candidate school. And at that point, it, when you get to OCS, the people are, the average age is a little bit older because you have people who were enlisted for a while that are, you know, becoming officers. So, but in basic training, I was definitely on the older side. And so, um, you know, at the time it might've seemed if, as far as why did I join might have seemed like it came out of nowhere because uh 
we actually had just gotten married and then I joined the military. So <laughs> it looks like I ran off from, a, got scared and joined the military. But a big reason why I did, this is the point I'm getting to, is that it was to do something, you know, with that I thought was honorable and just to try to serve and give back. And it, it may sound like, you know, I'm gloating or, you know, but that really was it. I mean, it was not to pay off student loans or, you know, take some big bonus or something like that. It was to do something with purpose and to serve and to, to give. Um, certainly the military ended up benefiting me as well, but um, yeah, it sounds like in some ways it was similar for you where you just, you, you felt like uh, the, the country had given you so much and you wanted to give back. Um, so then you were in the, in the Navy. Is that right? Um, yeah, I was in the okay. Navy. Uh, they, they, uh, I had, um, I came in as a lieutenant and, um, they gave me like a year something credit. So I quickly promoted to lieutenant commander. I did eight years and then separated, but I had a blast. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and how long were you in the Navy for? You said eight years. Eight. Eight years. Okay. Got it. Um, we'll have to edit that part out. <laughs> um, okay. So then. And then what did you do after the na the Navy? Uh, so I got out last year, August. Uh, so oh, okay. I in doing, we've been doing the apartment syndications and building okay. up. Wow. That's awesome. So, yeah. So when do you sleep? <laughs> 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 what, what was that? I'm sorry. That, that cut out for a bit. Oh, I'm not writing a book. <laughs> oh, yeah. Then writing a book as well. Jeez. Um no writing the book that's when i sleep oh gotcha <laughs> got it um so what why, why real estate and and um you know we'll talk about that and then we can go back to the kind of the lessons that you you started to touch on lessons you've uh, learned from the adversity and how you've applied those but why why what got you into real estate so there i was um you know doing my my paying my bills and then after finishing a long shift at the hospital and, and I just got I got I got home and I realized that wow that the, the neighbor is paying mortgage is paying my mortgage so that was a nice feeling to have you know um but then I was like and it was I was single then and I was like well someday I won't be able to go to work you know age or anything could happen I mean I was mm -hmm. making good hospital and mm -hmm. I was working really long hours, but I realized that if I don't go to work, I wasn't going to be making any money. That, that was, uh, it, I needed to be present to make that money. Right. Yeah. And, and I realized that someday I might not for whatever reason be able to. And I saw the possibility of having the cash flow from investments, like putting the money to work and then the money was making more money. So I figured if I do more of this, <laughs> then I can, <laughs> this side, right. Um, and so that that really was how I got started thinking about it. Um, and and growing up in Mexico, the duplex theme wasn't a thing. You know, the, the we don't have duplex. We either have mm -hmm. um, a house that is occupied by generations. <laughs> first yeah. floor is more, first kids. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and, but there's really not that kind of investment. So mm -hmm. I, I was lucky uh, that my my uh, agent offer me because I told him I'm not looking for something big. I want a house for me, something just me and mm -hmm. some, something else that I can, you know, have a roommate. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. and use the concept of the duplex, duplex. So having that mentality, I thought, well, if I buy more duplexes, then I can then, you know, reduce my hours or not have to go to work. And mm-hmm. and I looking into it. And when I deployed, I actually spent a lot of time learning on how how does that real estate can actually build your wealth and, mm-hmm. and how uh, you can scale it. And so that's when I learned about syndications and how you can okay. do now, where, where did you deploy? Um, I was in uh, Djibouti, Africa. Okay. Gotcha. I wasn't expecting that answer. Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, and people say, how how'd you have time to do that when you were deployed? And, you know, I was deployed to Iraq and it's, even though you're busy a lot, you still have downtime and you don't have, you know, 24 seven, you're not busy with work. So what are you going to do with that downtime? And I actually started a started a second degree because it was like, all right, I don't know what what else, what why not? <laughs> um, and that was before remote learning was so popular. But um, yeah, but 2006, you said is when you got started, right? In real estate. Yes. So, I mean, that's you know, the internet was obviously around, but I don't think bigger pockets was a thing, and you know, you didn't have all these books and all these resources, so. That's that's impressive, um, you know, because it wasn't until much later that we really went full on with, you know, because there's podcasts and, and yes. things staring you in the face with uh, how to learn and how to how to grow your network. So, um, sounds like you did it more th- locally through, oh, you know, through your agent, and then started to scale from there. Is that fair to say? Yes, yes. Um, when I came back, I, I uh, have saved uh, a lot of money from. You know, my, my my income was non-taxable, and like you said, when you're deployed, mm-hmm. they provide all your meals, everything. There's no nowhere you can spend the money, and yeah. uh, all of that. When I came back, I was looking for more duplexes, and then uh, you know, a, a fourplex came along, and I'm like, wait, uh, my goal was to buy one one home a year, one house a year, and uh, and then I'm like, wow, I can buy four four <laughs> Right? Yeah. The, so you're maybe slowly but your 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 mind started to expand as far as what was possible and um and then it just grew from there when did you get into uh kind of the bigger multifamily investing um yeah so um along along the way uh, i met my husband and he had he has the same mindset of you know growing and growing your network and putting your money to work so we got along really well um and uh he was still active. He did 26 and a half years um, and he retired in October, 2020. Oh, wow. So, and that's to him. <laughs> thank you. Yes. Thank you. So he, he, that's when actually we, we transitioned to start selling our small family and going into apartment syndications. We started uh, passive as passive investors so we can learn. And we also pay for mentorship. We, we pay for different masterminds and uh, invested thousands of dollars um to 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 learn from from mm-hmm. the best people that they were doing and we still are investing in ourselves and in the business um but that's what allows us to go transition from you know from 35 dollars to 2500 um <laughs> that's incredible growth and 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 I'll be honest I have gotten stingy with the you know the mastermind stuff I just joined a mastermind so I finally you know pulled the trigger but uh I think a lot of people get hung up on that and and you can you can definitely waste money there 
if you're not careful with what what groups you're getting into or who you're being associated with. But I mean, that's definitely been a theme already in the show is just, just, you know, don't be afraid to spend, invest in yourself really is what it is. is you're plugging yourself into a, a network of people who have been doing this and in where you're just absorbing knowledge and you're just learning and growing. And now you're exposed to all these other investors um, and just, yeah. So uh, I think that that makes a lot of sense, and um, and obviously it works, or else you wouldn't continue to to spend money in that fashion, right? Well, um, it, the return on investment. So most people is going to say, okay, well, I'm going to pay, I don't know, twenty five thousand dollars on this mastermind, and that's mm-hmm. just one of. Them. So, but then what do I get out of it? Well, you get out of it what you what you put, <laughs> you know, yeah. It, yeah, amount. But it, not everybody does the same work. So it's the work that you do that is going to give you a return on investments. We sure. we go to events, we meet so many people, um, and then we meet them again next year, the next year, and some of them Nothing. are action. And and you know, so if you if you are paying for these investments, make sure that you're taking advantage of it in a way that you're you're getting your money back. Um, and whatever that looks for you uh, or, or your audience, right? I'm speaking to your yeah. audience, right? No, you're right. Yeah. That so if you're if you're putting your hard earned money into a, 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 a mastermind or a course or a seminar, make sure that you're getting your money out. But that's going to be not only for from the event, and you know it's, it's going to be a continuous work in reaching out to, to to those connections that you met briefly. You know, see how you can add value to them, and you know, and that usually comes back around. And in both of you, both the the, the both sides. Um, end up, you know, gaining something. So sure. for us, it has been the source of a lot of partnerships, a lot of investors, um, a lot of uh, just businesses that we create. And mm-hmm. yeah, we, we the other thing is when it, it is a self-selecting process, right? Because you just said it earlier, not everybody pulls the trigger on on mm-hmm. on. on so the people that are already invested in there and and then whatever you know, so let's just say a seminar or a mastermind, mm-hmm. um, they're self-selecting. They're already saying, hey, I'm good. I'm, I'm this serious. I am going mm-hmm. to you know, invest this, this amount of money. So they are doing a part of the work for you already. So the rest of it is yourself, right? So we are very intentional on not only on being there, you know, mm-hmm. if we something, we have, we're going to be sitting at the front row, asking questions, connecting with everybody and anyone that we can. You know, that's, that's where the, the, the sweet spot is. So, yeah. yeah, that's really good. And so it was, you said late 2020 when you really uh, got started in the, the large multifamilies, right? The syndications and what you're doing now. Is, is that right? October, yeah, 2020. I mean, that's so, you, <laughs> I think a lot of people would have been scared at that point, um, you know, with the pandemic and, and all that. And so, I mean, that's amazing. So, so at that point in October, 2020, approximately how many doors did you have passively or actively? So, and actually, and let's say before May, which is when we learn about the COVID thing, right? When actually in sure. my industry, yeah. um, I lost my contract, which I was going to a different hospital to work. Uh, my, like I mentioned, my job, my primary job is anesthesia. Mm-hmm. So I do go to different hospitals. So my job canceled the contract and uh, eight, 
and uh, we look at we know we 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 saw how the severity of all all this wave of the COVID was hitting, mm-hmm. and we had at that point we have thirty thirty one uh, 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 rental units. Okay. And we sit down and and uh, did the numbers. How are we going to pay the mortgages? Are we able to pay? You know, because they were the banks were given uh, forgiveness on, on the on the loans yeah. and. We're think we were grateful that we didn't have to to use any of that with ten units being uh, paying. Um, they they actually cover all the expenses. Hmm. So uh, at at which point um, we actually uh, one of the wholesalers that we got a lot of properties from uh, came around and said, "Hey, you know, I have this fourplex that's very distressed, and it's it's um, we're gonna sell it for this much." I went and saw and saw it and. <clears throat> Um, it was very distressed. It was full of trash, full of fleas, and um, like it, it was going to be a, a, a do it all completely. Um, mm-hmm. there, yeah. So we decided to buy it, and we since nothing was happening, um, my husband was retired in October. I was just uh, ending. I I didn't know if I was going to go back to work, and and we ended up doing all that renovation by ourselves. We did. Mm-hmm up the place and we, we bought it for 65 i think it was and and we put about one hundred twenty thousand dollars in did the old insulation and we did everything like it was from the start up um and uh we ended up selling it because somebody came and offered us um, some uh, you know healthy healthy price and uh and was that we were mudding we were literally mudding and cleaning and we mm-hmm. were listening the, the seminar that we the syndication seminar and and that's when we realized you know what we need to be more intentional so the second day of the, the seminar we we got a hotel we stayed there we just we were in front of the tv being intentional and the, and that day is when we actually joined up that uh, mentorship program okay. and it was probably about two days after that that um that we that they um so i, I guess that was 35 dollars and about I don't know, like the same week, um, we invested passively with, with a, a person that actually that, that I've been in contact for a podcast <laughs> and, uh, we invested passively there. So that was about, I don't know, it was probably about 200 units or so. Um, and then we just continued to do the same thing, trusting that eventually, even though that wasn't giving us the cash load now, and remember you mm-hmm. said it's a COVID year. So we were yeah. not going to be, uh, getting the money from the residents. Uh, but we still trusted that this was a good decision and a better decision to scale and to let go of the smaller unit. And so, uh, at the end of by the end of the year, we sold one of the units. We put all the money back into the syndications, and we did that nine times. So in nine months, we went from you know no apartments in our portfolio to twelve to twelve fifteen hundred. I think it was. That's incredible. That's I mean, wow. And this is really this at the start of COVID, you know, as far as, you know, maybe it started before that, but in March, April, 2020, uh, until now you've grown from 30 to 35 rental units, somewhere in there to, um, what'd you say? Uh, 2,500 yes. passive and active, um, doors. That's, that's amazing. And so, and you keep putting, you know, the, um, profits and your own physical energy and sweat equity into the business, it sounds like. Um, so you've just grown exponentially. That's, that's, that's fantastic. So, um, before we get to kind of a rapid fire set of questions that I didn't prep you for, um, 
what uh, would you say as far as, you know, looking back at the adversity that you have faced, and of course you will continue to face adversity. We, we don't act like all of your adversity or your scarcity is, is a hundred percent gone. And now you only live in abundance. We don't pretend like that's, you know, an overnight thing or, um, but what would you say? I mean, you're definitely living in financial abundance, uh, certainly relative to where you, you know, where you were. Um, so what would you say are some of the, the lessons you've learned as far as kind of, you know, moving toward abundance? Um, uh, one, well, I would say the, the first one is to be grateful and, and, and uh, appreciative for what we have. Um, because just when we think that it, the, the worst is happening, there's always something worse. So we <laughs> be grateful for not having the, the other worst, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and choosing intentionally focus on on what we have, mm-hmm. um, like being able to dream big, you know, to have a dream, you know. There, at least you have the clarity to have a dream, you know. Um, and that sometimes is the only thing that you have, and that's the only thing that you have to propel yourself. So, definitely being grateful for what we have. Um, and, and the other thing is that what I would say what differentiates the person that stays in the in the scarcity from the mm-hmm. person to abundance is the person that takes the action. You know, you have to be intentional what actions we take. Um mm-hmm. and, and that together with setting your goals, it's it's, it's just it's you're right you're lining up the map and you're you're pretty much giving your brain a, a path that it needs to follow. So you know being grateful, being intentional and taking action and having your goals. Those are those are very good. <laughs> yeah. Cause you hear this, this debate and I actually heard a little bit of this yesterday uh, on a short podcast, as far as you have kind of the, the thinking grow rich crowd who, you know, if you're taking that extreme on the extreme, it's all, oh, I just have to think, I don't have to do anything. I just have to dream and that it'll all magically happen. No, <laughs> you do need to roll up your sleeves and not be afraid to, you know, do the full rehab yourself. Um, but if you don't actually dream and plan and think, and you just, you only take action, then you're going to be getting yourself nowhere. You're headed in the wrong direction. So like you said, you need to be intentional about it. You need, and you need both. Um, so that's, that's really good. Um, that, yeah, that's, I, I don't have much to add there. Be intentional, uh, dream big, uh, take action, um, and be grateful was the first one you said. So, um, all right. A few uh, more rapid fire questions here. What do people misunderstand about you? Because of my accent. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They, they misunderstand what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I think, uh, I, I think that probably that I'm like all the time go getter and there's no, that is not true because sometimes I allow myself to say, you know, I'm going to take it easy today, you know, and, and I do have those times where, um, you know, we just, you know, just have fun and live life. So mm-hmm. I think that people ask me, when do you sleep? Well, I do sleep. <laughs> <laughs> right. Gotcha. Um, yep. That's yeah. good. Um, looking back, what would you say is one of your regrets or failures or, you know, however you want to frame that, but um, something that you would change or do differently? Um, 
I mean, there, there's what after the fight, right? We always say, well, maybe I should have done that. I should have done that. Uh, and sometimes it's harder to like put it in words, especially when you're asked in front of a stranger. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, but I think that uh, definitely spending more time with family and th- that's that's always going to be like, man, I should have, and you know, I should book the trip, especially, you know, my family being in Mexico. Um, now, you know, I'm married and I'm, 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 I'm side of the family here, which is yeah. makes it easy. It's always that that you know, time, you know. There was there was there were years that I didn't have a means to go. Like I have no money. If I stop working, mm-hmm. I I couldn't afford, right? So um, definitely more time with family. And um, yeah, that, yeah, that's good. Um, if you could go back and give your eighteen year old self advice, what would it be? Um, <clears throat> I would say. Um, Gosh, uh, I would say just to not not to worry too much about uh, what other people's uh, labels that, that they they stamp on you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we 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 hear something and we kind of take that to heart. We 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 believe it, you know, uh, and mm-hmm. then we a bit in it ourselves. So I would say definitely, um, you know, have your your voices be stronger than others um, in a mm-hmm. way that impact you instead of listening to those messages. Mm-hmm. Good. If you could have coffee with any historical figure, who would it be? Wow. Uh, Mother Teresa. Okay. Any, any, I think <laughs> I, I almost don't have to ask why, but why would it be her? <laughs> oh, uh, why? I just, uh, I think every word that she, that she spoke is powerful. And even if it's like, two, three minutes that, that I get to just absorb her, you know, I, I just see her as a given person, as a very wise person, um, uh, you know, so yeah, just to kind of be, be there. And I feel like, like it, with her words, she just hugs you and like, you know, is <laughs> you. So. Yeah. I, you're definitely, we'd all be just better off if we spent five minutes with her, I, I agree. Um, how about in your business? What's a, what's a challenge that you're facing today? Um, so we, we grew a little too fast and it's not, not a bad thing. It's, it's a challenging thing because um, I, when, when you're in a growing phase, you, you really are just in survival phase, right? So, uh, you know, we started hiring now um, uh, people who are hiring our team and but we still have to continue going so it's 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 been challenging to like train or delegate when you're still trying to learn it so um we we do hire we have now um you know we have hired an amazing team and but it still is taking us time to to develop but but we'd rather do it now than that hopefully we'll grow faster instead Mm -hmm. of we see it, we see it very often in the syndicator syndication world that there's this very successful people they've been doing it for 10 20 years and they're just now hiring one one assistant they still answer. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah so we are that very very early and even though it's an investment in the business um you know the, the goal is to continue to grow and and not have this stagger you know hitting the ceiling every so often or every so many years yeah. Do you, is it a virtual assistance or how have you been hiring? We, we actually have, uh, in the state, we have a, a physical person, mm-hmm. 
and we have a couple of virtual assistants and, gotcha. and the goal is to have uh, at least another person in the state. Um, yeah. Got it. And how do you and your husband divide up roles? Um, he's more of the numbers person. He's the underwriter. Uh, he does a lot of the market analysis. I do a lot of the um, chit chatting and, and uh, <laughs> yeah. relations investors and um, a lot of admin. We we kind of naturally, you know, follow what what feels good and mm-hmm. it's more helpful in, in the business. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, I've I've uh, experienced that myself. As far as well, I've worked with my spouse uh, with um, in real estate as well. But even with other business partners, um, kind of just naturally gravitate to certain things, even if it's not super well defined up front. And uh, either it works or it doesn't. <laughs> um, but uh, gotcha. So, what is one piece of advice you'd give to someone just starting out in real estate? Uh, find mentorship and find the mentorship from the, the, the people so find the find the person that is doing it on a daily basis uh, like in the market that we are um, you know if you don't we are not buying an apartment we are among people that are doing that every single day because you know the process of buying it might take you three to three to five months and if you take a you pulse of of the market, the market is changing so quickly. So find find mentorship and be in a community that are that that are doing what you want to do. Got it. That's good. All right. What's a movie that you would recommend? Oh, do you ever, do you ever watch any movies? No, right. <laughs> or how about a, if if you want to switch it to a book other than your own? Oh, okay. Yeah, um, so I really like the uh, the millionaire next door. Yeah, book. yeah. That, I'm trying to think because there's millionaire real estate invest. Oh, millionaire next door. Got it. That's the one where school teachers might be a millionaire and you don't know it, right? Yeah, and and it takes you to the process of um, you know why and how they got into being a millionaire by the habits that they have mm-hmm. and. How they live their life, you know, and it's, it's not that you have to be flashy and you know live it all there because you have some money. And if you put it in perspective, really being a millionaire these days, it's so <laughs> it's a million dollars. Like you, you buy a house, people has a house that is about dollars just because the market went up, right? If yeah. you compare, and that book actually was written to be a millionaire. That was yeah. that was that was impressive. That, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay, as we uh, start to wrap up here, what's what's one question that you wish I'd asked that I I haven't asked? One one topic you'd like to address uh, that we didn't touch on? Well, I mean, we we kind of visited all the all the basics. <laughs> um, so, so I've, I've been thorough. I've been it, <laughs> okay. Got it. Okay. Do you uh, do you listen to any podcasts? Do you ever listen to any other uh, other podcasts that you could recommend? Um, yes, I like to. Um, well, you know the the real estate investment. Um, I, I visit you know the different different topics. I, I like that because they uh, you know they kind of wrap up the, the, the topics for you. And then if I like a specific a person, and then I go and follow. But I kind of bounce back and forth in different podcasts. So. Right. Yeah, I do the same thing. Um, Okay. 
That's awesome. I think we've, uh, this has been really good. I, you've obviously the, the, your story and your book, you know, they fit perfectly with the uh, theme of my show and, um, you know, from scarcity to abundance. And it's one of those things where it's just, I think our listeners are going to benefit greatly by hearing your story. And I mean, you didn't, you couldn't, you didn't know English at 23 and you moved to (laughs) the U S and, and now you're an author um, and you, you have 2,500, you know, doors, rental, rental properties or rental units um, passively and actively. I mean, and you're just the, the last three years, two years, you've just blown up. Um, so it's you and your husband have just, it's incredible growth. And I um, just the mindset, the abundance mindset, being grateful, being intentional, taking action, and also I don't want to forget that you repeatedly talked about kind of serving others and making other, making your tenants, you know, serving your tenants and making things a win-win and and improving communities along the way. So it's not like it's a cutthroat mentality where it's, you know, all about you and, and your husband making as much cash as possible. Uh, It's also serving others. So um, do you have anything to add to those uh, kind of final thoughts? I actually do um, want to add that um, when you mentioned giving back, we or, or we have a mission to to do medical missions. Uh, I've been doing medical missions to different countries, but I've never done one to Mexico. And one of the things that when I went and saw my my grandma for the last time, she was in so much pain, and uh, she couldn't she stopped living life because she was in so much pain from her arthritis. And I was able to inject local anesthetic in her knees, and immediately, like three minutes later, she she she. She's like, wow, I don't, I, it doesn't hurt anymore. <laughs> and she, and she asked me in the middle of her, you know, just kind of getting out of her own pain. And she asked me if I could do the same thing for her friends and her community. Cause she, <laughs> she that community for 104 years. So uh, wow. it's, that was her only worry. If I can help them wow. with what I have. And I promise her that I will. And part of like, actually the book I wrote it for, waking up that theme and all the profits from that book and other materials that we share in the second book um, are to be dedicated to bring medical missions. Our first one is, is scheduled to be June 2025. We are trying to do it earlier than that if possible, but that mm-hmm. is the, like what I told you, set your goals. That's our goal. That's, that's June to 2025 mm-hmm. and hopefully before, but all of this, what we do with the passive income and, and the, the, you know, the, the, I guess the goal is to be able to give back and hopefully more than one mission we'll do several and we are going to open it to do a community uh, wellness outreaches. So we'll be like help build houses, improve the community. Um, just uh, that, that's, that's really that's, good. That's great. I, I actually skipped over. How do you like to serve others? Cause we are, you know, partially cause we're, we're running a little short on time, but it's also because I felt like you'd already shown that. Um, but I'm really glad you've, you uh, threw that in there. Cause that is, you know, that's, that's a lot. That's you clearly are giving back um, and, and serving that's, that's impressive. Um, so June, you said June, 2025 is the goal. Yeah. Gotcha. That's for, to Mexico. Yes. Got it. Awesome. Okay. Uh, where can our, our listeners find you online? I, I know you're, you're out there, um, but uh, w- what websites or 
social media channels would you like to highlight? Um, but Instagram, I am there. Um, my name will pop, but my, I guess, whatever name is, yeah, uh, yeah. as, um, as, um, uh, the millionaire, uh, the immigrant millionaire. Um, but you can just Google my name and same thing for, um, Facebook and LinkedIn. Yeah. Just, and, and, uh, you want to spell your name for the listeners who are only listening, um, and not, not watching this. Right. Um, it's, uh, M-A-R-I. C E L A, and the last name is S O B as in Bravo, E R A N as in Nancy, E S. Fantastic. And your business is Upplex, U P Plex. Um, yep. Great. This has been very good, Marisala. Um, I really appreciate you joining us. It's been, I mean, we've covered a lot from the human angle and all the poverty and, and, um, the adversity that you faced and now the growth you, you are continuing to experience, um, from a financial and social standpoint. And just, um, like I said, this, your story really fits very well with, with my show. So I know our listeners are going to get a lot of value from this. Um, so thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. And to our listeners out there, please do give us a five-star rating and review. Um, my website is labradorlending.com. You can check out what we have going on with different uh, offerings that we have for passive investors. And we do have uh, resources for active mortgage note investors if you want to learn more about that. So please check that out as well. Thanks, everyone. Take care. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the From Adversity to Abundance podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Hey there, it's Jamie Bateman. Ever felt boxed in by life's challenges? Dive into my new book, From Adversity to Abundance, inspiring stories of mental, physical, and financial transformation. Available now on Amazon. From a former bank robber's redemption to a young entrepreneur's victory over hurdles, these stories are not just inspiration. They're the roadmaps to your transformation. Whether for you or as a powerful gift to friends and family, especially those who might not tune into podcasts, this book is a beacon to a life of abundance. Ignite that inner fire and set your course to the life you've imagined. Purchase yours today on Amazon and light the path for someone you love.